Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Got a really fun episode planned for you today. Joining us on the program, light heavyweight contender Joe Smith Jr. He's going up against Maxim Vlazov April 10th, his second chance at a world title fight. In, his, in the first step of him going up against Arthur Betterbiev down the line in the unification bout, at 175 pounds. Excited to talk to Joe Smith. We'll get to everything from his tree service uh, to him working for the local 66 Laborer Union, uh, his fight with Hopkins, his his groundbreaking fight with Fonfara, and how he's changed his game uh, since that B-Vol loss. So very fun interview with uh, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, this past weekend, we saw Dillian White take out Alexander Prevekin. I thought Dillian White looked great. He was in much better shape. There was VADA testing, according to Eddie Hearn. Uh, he went in there and did what he had to do, took out Pavekin in four rounds, and now he's back uh, as established as the WBC's number one contender. Doesn't look like he'll get a shot at Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua anytime soon. As for Pavekin, not sure what was wrong with him. Obviously, he ba- battled COVID. He was in the hospital twice, 41 years old. He looked terrible from the get-go, right from when we first saw him, when he stepped on the screen, when he walked out for his ring walk. Something was up for Pavekin. He's talking about retiring. Happy trails to him if he does retire. He's had a pretty good career, all, all things considered. That's what we saw this past weekend. What we see, what we're going to see this upcoming weekend: Jamel Herring going up against Carl Frampton over in Dubai, of all places. A fight at 130 pounds that has been uh, postponed and and rebooked about four or five times. But now we're going to have some more clarity at 130 pounds. Will the winner of this fight between Carl Frampton and Jamel Herring go up against Oscar Valdez or Shakur Stevenson? You know, Shakur Stevenson is, is supposedly fighting June 12th, uh, New York City uh, on the eve of the, of the Puerto Rican Day Parade. So that leaves, I, I always thought that Valdez was going to get this shot. I can see Valdez fighting the winner of Frampton versus Herring. Frampton's talking about retirement. If he loses, Jamel Herring has brought up retirement too in the past. Hopefully they put on a good fight. I like Herring in this one. I think he's uh, got a little more, uh, you know, uh, miles on the odometer, uh, less miles on the odometer, bigger, uh, has a better jab. So let's see if Jamel Herring can pull it off bring back another title to Long Island along with uh, Joe Smith uh, Jr. But here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the legend of the local 66 labor union. Let's get let's catch up with Joe Smith Jr. All right, it's time to bring in our guest this week. You know him, Long Island's very own Joe Smith Jr. He's fighting for another world title, WBO title shot on April 10th against Maxim Vlazov and Joe. Uh, two Long Island guys talking. I always love when we have a Long Island guy on the show. We need more of them in boxing. Yeah, we could definitely use some more. <laughs> How's everything going, though, man? Uh, training's going well, I assume. Uh, you know, obviously... Um, it's it's tough not to bring up what happened uh, the first time around when you were supposed to fight Maxim uh, Vlazov when he came down with COVID. That situation was brutal. You were already out there. Uh, your family was on the way. You were getting ready for a, a wedding. Obviously, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's something that we should touch on. Just how brutal oh. was that news? 
yeah, it was tough, you know. I was there and ready to go. You know, I went through a whole training camp. You know, <clears throat> training went great. And, uh, you know, to get there and not get a reward for it was uh, pretty tough. And also, like you said, you know, I had my wedding coming up. So, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was scheduled to go on my honeymoon and stuff after the wedding, but I had to postpone all that. Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so I had to postpone the honeymoon to get back to training. So now it's been a it's been a long, long training camp. But uh, you know, I'm putting in the work. I'll, you know, I should be in even better shape than I was the first time. So you know, I'm ready to go and just get it over with. Could be a blessing in disguise. You know, it's always good to find a you know a a, a positive out of a negative. You seem like that's the type of guy you are. And you know, looking at your your career and anyone that's followed your career knows that there's been it's been a couple setbacks followed by something positive so just what happened in this fight well with the, with the postponement I mean, I mean that's something that you at this point you're trained for for anything that can happen inside and outside the ring right yeah definitely man i've been through a a, a lot of up and downs but uh i believe this uh, this is going to be the time that i win the world championship and um it's going to be a great night Bringing that world title back to Long Island, uh, you know, Chris Algieri, I believe, was the last world champ from Long Island. Uh, you know, Errol Spence was born on Long Island, but we're not we're not exactly claiming him yet. He's a he's a Texas guy. But what would it mean for you to bring that title back to, to Long Island? I mean, it's everything I worked for my entire life. And, you know, it'll be a big accomplishment for me. And, you know, it gives me, you know, things to look forward to in the future with bigger and better fights. You know? Yes. Let's talk about that. Arthur better be have fought uh, just recently. Uh, he's, he was out of the ring for 17 months. Uh, he was battling COVID. He had his own issues uh, with, with uh, postponements too. What did you make of his performance? I mean, he had a, a okay performance, you know, you know, considering he had a long layoff and stuff. I wasn't expecting him to look his best, but, you know, that guy was in there for him to, you know, walk through. Took him a little time to do it, but overall, he looked okay. <laughs> Just okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything in there that you saw that you can exploit? I mean, this is the guy. I know you don't want to jump ahead. Uh, no fighter wants to look ahead, especially when they have a world yeah. title fight ahead of them. But boxing fans are clamoring. Boxing fans want to see a unification bout between two of the hardest hitting punchers at 175. That's you and Arthur Berbiev. Uh, you know, was there anything you saw on, uh, you know, that two weeks ago that you think could give you any issues with Arthur Berbiev? Um, I, I believe I could come out on top in that fight because I, I have, um, I believe I'm a little more fluent. I got more speed and, um, yeah, I think I'm just a tougher guy than he is. Do you, <laughs> you understand? Know, he's been down. Oh, go ahead. He's been down, you know, more than once in his career already, you know. And uh, he's never faced a guy who hits as hard as me, so. It's true. Uh, do you understand why boxing fans are so excited for the potential of that fight? I mean, uh, you go on Twitter and I put out a tweet on, on where it should be held and there's just a ton, a ton of comments. Do you understand why fans are, would be so excited for that type of fight between Joe Smith Jr. and Arthur Betterbeef? Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? It's two, two huge punchers and uh, two uh, very busy, explosive, explosive guys who want to uh, 
get in there and get the knockout. So it'll be a great fight if uh, we get the opportunity to do that. Right. You don't want to jump ahead. Big fight coming up April 10th. World title fight. This will be your second chance at a world title. Maxim Vlazov, a guy that's a veteran, over 40-plus fights, has shared the ring yeah. with some of the biggest hitters at 175 in his career. Uh, what's, what can we expect? fans can expect, and, and what can you expect from your opponent? You know, he, he's a very busy guy. He, he likes to come forward and yep. punch. He throws a lot of punches, and uh, he's just an awkward guy, so it's going to make a, you know, he makes, he'll make a tough fight for anybody. So, you know, I'm, I gave it my all in training. I, you know, I prepared. I did everything I could to uh, come out on top, and I believe I will, you know, but it's going to be uh, – it's not going to be an easy test. It's going to be hard work, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it. Also, I may, uh, you know, potentially I got a chance to take him out of there because he's, you know, he's aggressive and uh, he throws a lot. So he may leave himself open for me to uh, land that good shots. Land that right hand. Uh, yeah, but the thing with with, with Vlazov is, uh, you know, he's never been knocked out before. But you're right; he is a come forward fighter course we do the crunch the numbers at copy box throw 65 punches around which is probably the top of the list at light heavyweight you know that's a lot of punches yeah. per round but that like as you know in boxing when you throw punches you leave yourself wide open so i assume counter punching and that's always been one of your strong suits but that's something you guys were probably honed in on in, in camp yeah well, if, you, a mess. if you take just a working look working on that movement you know yep we gotta stay just as busy as him and uh you know, try to outwork him. Yeah, you take a look at his box rack right now. He's shared the ring with Glonacki. Uh, he's fought uh, his other losses. He fought Gilberto Ramirez. Um, lost to Isaac Chalemba way back in 2011. This guy's been around the block, uh, but that's a big fight. 34 years old. Uh, but you know what, Joe? No one has been through the gauntlet like you have been through at 175 pounds. You know, take a look at the Funfara fight. You can go even back earlier than that when you broke your jaw uh, early on in your career, but the Funfara fight that puts you on the map, knocking Hopkins out of the ring, Sullivan Barrera fight, B-Vol, Jesse Hart, Elita Alvarez. That is one impressive run uh, at 175 pounds for you. Yeah, you know, I like to get in the ring with the best, and that's it. So <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, what I plan to keep doing. I just got to get past this guy and, uh, you know, get those big, those two big fights that are out there. Yep. What's the other fight? Bivol. You know, I like to get that redemption match. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll talk about the. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, or a big believer in iron sharpens iron. And there's a in this day and age where you know you don't always see the best fighting the best. There's so many guys that are are like you know think a loss is going to cripple them or cripple their career. I think you're the clear, uh, you know, just example. That a loss doesn't mean everything. A loss, you can learn more from a loss. Sharing the ring with the best can make you better. Because look at you. you yes, you, you've suffered a few losses, but you're right back at the top on the precipice of a title shot and a uh, unification bout. So do you believe in that sharing the ring with the best makes you a better fighter? Um, no, it definitely makes you a better fighter. But, you know, it, it's it's hard to bounce back from a loss in boxing. You know, you, gotta, you have to have the right people behind you. To get the, you know, to get the right fights, but uh, you know, I had some good opportunities where I was able to, you know, get the fights that I needed and jump right back into the top. What was you have, you know, what was your going through your mind after your your first loss, way back, way back when in uh, 
you know, 2010, what was going through your mind there? You know, a guy that, you know, you didn't have like the, the amateur pedigree that a lot of these other fighters have. You probably had to go, get in tough with some guys uh, and work your way up. You know, you started late in boxing. When you suffered that first loss, what was going through your mind? Well, I look at it like this. My, my really only true loss is to Bivol. Mm -hmm. The other two, you know, those were injuries. You know, yeah. I was winning. I was winning both of them fights, honestly, for the most part until with Barrera. But the first fight, my first loss, you know, I, I was winning the fight easily. I just, you know, I pushed the guy away and walked out the ring. You know, I was, it was, you know, I had a broken jaw, suffered from, and uh, same with Bivol. I mean, uh, Barrera, it was mm -hmm. a broken jaw. But that, you know, it happened during training. It wasn't even. You know, it was, I had to take the fight either way. So I went in there and gave it my best. And I was hoping to take him out, Barrera, in the first round. But yeah. I got him down, but he was a tough guy. And when he got back up, I was like, fuck, <laughs> it's going to be a long night. But it's a long night so, when guys share the ring with you, man. It's a long night. You've been in there with some of the best. And, I mean, some of the most just outstanding fights, memorable fights, you know, knocking Hopkins flush out of the ring, puts you on the map, but what really puts you on the map, in my opinion, it was the Funfara fight. Take us through that fight, the lead up to it, getting in the ring with him. Not a lot of people were picking you to win. Not a lot of fans knew who you were, but not only that, you knock this guy out and you win. You put yourself on the map. Take us back. Yeah. I mean, I was like 30 to 31 to one, I think on the on that fight. So, um, you know, it was a, it was definitely a huge opportunity, you know, but, you know, I had the right fights to get me that fight. And, uh, you know, he'd seen something in me that he thought he could take advantage of. And, um, you know, we just knew, you know, my father and my trainer here, Jerry Cap, they, they told me, they're like, listen, this guy, you know, he's going to come in with his head straight up and swing it. So, uh, you know, I was like, they told me, you know, just put your head down, you know, let your hands go. I was like, all right, that, that's what I did. And as soon as he came in, I put my head down, threw that punch, and it was it was over from there. <laughs> it, it, it happened exactly how we expected it to. He was a tough, macho guy. Like, I, sooner or later, he was going to stop and fight him. Right. Yeah, I mean, I expected it to go the distance and be a tough fight, but – you know, they called it. They said, you're going to hit him and he's going to go out. And that's what happened. Wow. That's good coaching, man. That's outstanding coaching and execution on your part. So that's what makes the team great. Take us through Hopkins, man. This is the fight. I remember I remember where I was watching. I had a big party in my apartment. Uh, we're, we're down. We're watching the fight. And I'm like, oh, my God, he just knocked him out of the ring. I mean, that right there was absolutely wild. Another fight. Uh, that puts you on the map as, as well. So great momentum from the Funfara fight, and you really capitalized with it, with knocking a legend out, not only out, out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah, it was another great night, you know. Um, it was the same with Hopkins, you know. He, from the Funfara fight, you know, the fight didn't last very long. So he just, he thought, you know, that I was just, you know, I landed a lucky punch, I guess. And uh, so he thought he was going to just outbox me. But, um, you know, I could box too. And, you know, I was able to show that that night and um, eventually got him out of there. Oh, you got him out of there, right? He left the ring. He exit stage left <laughs> that night. Uh, the thing um, that it's been impressive to watch with you is, yes, you're the heavy-handed guy, come forward type of fighter, but... 
over the last couple of years, uh, I would say the last 18 months, as you've changed uh, your style, which is not easy to do, uh, you've become more of a boxer. You're jabbing more. You're, you're moving more. And we saw that in the last fight with the leader, Alvarez. You box beautifully in there. And that's a new facet of your game that I think could give a lot of light heavyweights issues. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, what you've been working on in the gym and how important it is for you to, to, to kind of shed that. I'm not, I'm not just a power puncher. I'm also a boxer. Yeah, you know, well, after my loss to Bivol, I realized, you know, I just had to put my punches together a little bit more, work on a little movement. And, uh, you know, I just went back to the gym with my trainer, Jerry Kapp, and we just worked on it every day. And, uh, you know, now everything's starting to fall together and come together perfectly. Now, how about, um, you know, the, the another beauty of uh, of your uh, career in your life as a as a boxer and what fans love is that boxing isn't your only job i know it is now but you know, you're part of the local 66 uh, labor union you got team smith tree service i mean you're working on construction at Hofstra university back in the day you know long island railroad station you're a throwback guy you, you this is like stuff you would hear from fighters in like the 70s and 80s who had to do, take other jobs uh, does that help you in ways and, and just touch on your time, you know, working with the local 66 laborers union? Yeah. I mean, early on, it definitely helped out, you know, it's mental toughness, getting up and going to work every day at uh, five o'clock, you know, getting up and going to work and, uh, you know, just, just doing that. And then on top of that, it's hard work, you know, yeah. labor work. So, doing demolition, you know, demoing uh, buildings and stuff. It's, you know, it's not easy, but, um, you know, and then with the tree business, you know, I opened up the tree business with my father, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that job's hard work too. You're dragging brush and picking up logs all day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely helps. <laughs> How about the, I mean, uh, going back to, we'll get to the tree service, going back to the local 66 union, and uh, there's a, that famous photo of you with the green belt, the hard hat at the at the job site is just legendary stuff. I mean, that's what I'm going to put on Twitter. They say that I'm interviewing Joe Smith, but that's just a phenomenal photo. Uh, the guys, you know, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of questions from the, the you know, your, your co-workers. It's not like a normal guy that shows up on, on Monday. This is a, a world class yeah, boxer. I, when I show up, the guys are like, oh, what the hell are you doing here? Especially after after the far fight and the Hopkins fight. You know, when they see me with the belt on my shoulder and stuff, and they're like, why Why are you back here at work? And I'm like, oh, well, unfortunately, I need I need this job still. That's crazy, man. That's, yeah, so. that's, that's nuts. Wait, so you showed up, like, after the Hopkins fight, when were you back at work? Uh, like, that following week. Yeah. Oh, my that goodness. Week. That yeah. is just, that's everything right there. That's why the fans love you, Joe. That's why the fans can relate to you. You know, there's a lot of, uh, divas in the sport to say for lack of a better term uh, but you are a guy that's you know stayed true um, that's it's it's fans appreciate that but the tree service let's get into tree service now you put the local 66 unit behind you you started your own thing with your dad it's really cool uh, you're climbing up trees I hope that you're you're, you're taking some time off before you, you get hurt and we don't want you getting hurt or anything on the job right Joe yeah no definitely uh, you know we were talking about that last time uh, you know yeah. I was I was on a job site before one of the fights and I was cutting um, was cutting a log on the floor and I, I actually figured it out. Me and I was talking to my trainer here about it. It was actually before the Biv Wolf fight. Wow. <laughs> it was about um, maybe a month, a month or so before I cut my right above my knee with a chainsaw 
And, uh, you know, from that point on, uh, I stay away from the job sites when the uh, training's coming up. <laughs> I'll look on Instagram. I'll go on Instagram and I'll see him up on a tree and I call yeah. him, his father, anybody who knows yeah. him. Get him, get yeah, him you're in the, you're in the comment tree, section. Get the hell off that tree. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's so off. funny because I look at the same things. I see you on Instagram and I'm like, wait, I zoom in. I'm like, is that Joe up there? I mean, we got a title shot coming up, but you're, you're, yeah, you're trained, you're, you're uh, experienced, but wow, that's, that's a really cool thing. And, and uh, that's why the fans can, they, they gravitate toward that type of stuff. You're no nonsense type of guy. Uh, uh, but you're evolving too. Uh, you've been through some ups and downs. Another thing that fight fans, fight fans wa just want to be entertained. They want to see a good fight. And I think that they get that with you in, in the ring is they know that you're always going to go in there and give it 110% and go for the knockout too. It's another thing fans love. Is that something you take pride in? Yeah, man. I mean, not only that, I don't want to go 12 rounds. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay. That's what I always say. They don't pay you <laughs> overtime. Yeah, I want to get my money and go home. Go have a good time. It's not a union job. Right, it's not a union job. You're not they're not paying you per hour. They pay you they're per fight. Double yeah. time. If I got uh if I got my purse per round, then you know, maybe I'll make it last a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff, man. But uh April 10th is the next fight uh for Joe Smith Jr. going to Maxim Vlazov's the first step uh to gaining a world title, first step to unifying with, with Arthur Betterbiev, a fight that you know, top rank is pretty keen on making. Hopefully you get that fight on the East Coast uh, uh, where it belongs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm sure you're excited. You got any final, your final parting words for us? Uh, man, just tune in on the 10th, and, um, you know, I'm going to do my best to bring home that world title and uh, put on a great show for everybody. There it is. Joe Smith, Jr., pride of Long Island, giving it his all, as always, whether he's up on a tree, whether he's at the Laborers Union, whether he's in the ring gotta respect it i appreciate the time joe all right thanks for having me we'll do another one after uh I oh that's a thing yes right thank you for reminding me because it is my career goal as a broadcaster to, to once you win your fight on april 10th we're getting up in a tree and we're we're, we're gonna do a post-fight interview from a tree team smith tree service are you down are you in joe yeah i'm in we'll do it i'll put my harness on and i'll swing from the tree with my belt <laughs> <laughs> we gotta well, make this happen we gotta yeah. make this happen i love it joe smith jr thank you so much man all right thank you special thanks to joe smith jr for joining us and we will get up in that tree i know it uh esports boxing club rolled out another gameplay update video and this has fans super excited Esports Boxing Club is going to be the first video boxing video game in over 10 years. Last week, they announced what fighters are going to be involved in it. And it was a who's who, uh, a great list of fighters from Terrence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, Caleb Plant, Oscar Valdez, Usyk is on there, Roy Jones Jr., Sean Porter, Edgar Berlanga, not to mention uh, some legendary fighters, too, that are also involved in the game. That was last week. Just on Sunday, Steel City Interactive put out a, a gameplay update video that got fans really excited for this game and shows you how much emphasis and effort they are putting into making this boxing video game great. They had a movement system that was extraordinary. They had a punch control. Uh, they had a feint system. They rolled out their fighting strategy system. The stamina controls are super interesting to me. That shows you the adrenaline uh, button or the adrenaline meter on there. So it shows that you have to kind of, you know, pace yourself. You can't come out and throw 150 punches in round number one and expect to do the same thing in round number two like you can do 
in some other video game. So I'm excited for the eSports Boxing Club video game, which drops very soon. That is a wrap for this edition of Inside Boxing Live. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining.